You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. The leader on the inside is Tintin Joe. Coming at it is I Keep Smiling and they've dashed 20 metres in front of the others. Headed by Smoke Show around the outside. For the time being, it's a two-horse war. 26-5 the quarter. I Keep Smiling really serves it up and gives this favourite the go-by. It is I Keep Smiling well clear. Tintin Joe flashing home as ludicrous from a minute back but with a hundred left to go it's all I keep smiling this very talented filly is going to bolt in I keep smiling will beat Tintin Joe ludicrous most triumphant Fred Hastings Chris is going to tell us the I keep smiling story that was a recent Menangle win of course South Australia we can't wait for this meeting on Saturday night as well with all these feature races, the South Australian Pacing Cup, we know about some of the legendary winners of this race, Gamma Light and Smoking Up, just to name a couple. But uh, many years ago, this was a, a very serious race and it's just starting to get its mojo back, the SA Cup. It's a Group 3 race and then you've got the SA Derby and also the Trotters Cup final. So a very big week for South Australian harness racing. But Chris Barsby is with us now and tell us why we've played that this morning, Chris, that previous win there at Menangle. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, there were some great performances across the weekend, and we've touched on many, but this one, in many ways, went largely unnoticed. We've got a huge day coming up on Sunday at Menangle. It's Super Sunday there. They've got their Big Breeders Challenge race day coming up. There's four Group 1 features, and this filly is going to go around in one of those Group 1 features. It's the three-year-old fillies division. And she was stunning there. So much so, Steve, she was three wide to the breeze. They went 149.9. This is a three-year-old filly that was only having her ninth race start last Saturday night. Her time was one-tenth of a second outside of the three-year-old Australian record. It was a phenomenal performance. And as I said, largely unnoticed by many. But I want to find out more on words because they've been in the game for a long, long time. Uh, the late John and Mary Gibson, Jackie's now running the show. There's so many good horses that have been bred through success, Dad, and Jackie joins us now. Jackie, good morning. Appreciate the time. Good morning, Chris. Nice to chat with you this morning. This is one heck of a filly, this one. I keep smiling. I know. Aren't I, aren't I just so lucky to have this filly? Um, and I feel so blessed and I'm so grateful for her. She's a lovely big girl. Well, she was just stunning there last week. Uh, afforded no luxuries there. She had a wide draw, three wide for the first quarter of the race, and then parks outside the leader and favourite for the duration, but puts her away easily. And the time was just phenomenal. It was uh, just an incredible time. And... A lot of people know that I'm, I'm fairly good at, at the chat and I was speechless. I really was. I was just, I couldn't believe it. We've, we've had a high opinion of this filly right from the get-go. She's a beautiful looking foal through to a yearling. And uh, when Mark Hewitt from Grenfell, who does all of our breaking and early work with them, um, he said, Jackie, we've got something really, really, really special with this girl. So, yeah, just, uh, just an incredible, incredible trip so far. You've been incredibly patient as well because, as I said, that was only her ninth start there. So, um, you know, you haven't chased all the big races uh, during her two-year-old, three-year-old campaign. So you've given her plenty of time. 
Yeah, we have, Chris. Uh, part of that uh, was out of our control. We, uh, we had a few issues with her tying up and, um, and she, she went a little bit sore in, in her feet and we had uh, scintigraphy done on her and um, there was a couple of little hot spots. So we just, we just put her away and, um, yeah, we, we just thought, well, you know, maybe this is a sign. She's a very big filly as well. She needed extra time there. And, um, yeah, I'm so pleased that we did do that. And, yeah, it's, um, it's exciting stuff. It's going to be a great race, this final on Sunday. You're up against Major Delight from the MSU at Clayton Tonkin Stable. And she's a, a star fillier in her own right. She's won 13 from 15, so it sets up to be a mouth-watering clash. Isn't it going to be great? The, um, I, I think that the three main chances, but, you know, as you know, anything can happen in a big race where, where Barry is three, four and five. So um, it's it's very exciting to see this calibre of fillies to fillies go round. And it's it's a credit to the, just to the breed in itself. And, you know, New South Wales, they should be very, very proud. Absolutely. So 49.9 last week, um, there's every chance they might go around that same sort of mark again this week. Is she ready again? She She's ready again. Um, I haven't actually spoken to Luke since, uh, last Saturday night when he just said there was some left in the tank. Uh, so that's, um, that's very exciting and, and a little bit scary as well. Um, he didn't pull the plugs on her um, or anything. So, yeah, we'll, we'll just see what happens. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited and I'm nervous and, and all of those things that, are, that an owner should be at this stage. But everything's just up to Luke now. Um, I have this thing where I don't go to the stables until after the horses race. A um, little bit crazy, but I figure they're, they're there doing their job. They don't need me buzzing around in their road. So, um, <laughs> that tr yeah. uh, tradition continues this weekend, no doubt. It does. It, it will, yes. Yeah, I'll stay away. And uh, we've got Libby Lou um, that's going around in the two-year-old Phillies final as well. So I won't go anywhere near Blake. Um, we just wait until it's, till it's all over. All right, I'll touch on Libby Lou in just a moment. Uh, just with this filly, I keep smiling, and, and Libby Lou for that matter, yes. being an owner and a breeder, it, it's a really important day, and, and these fillies are chasing Group 1 uh, glory, so uh, th there's a lot at stake. Oh, there certainly is. Uh, you know, the, you've got, um, you know, for, for the breeders, well, it, it's, it's a main day, and um, with us being commercial breeders, Sometimes, you know, you've got the, the next one coming through that you might be going to offer at the yearling sale in, you know, coming up in March. So you really want your, your families to, to do well on these big days. And uh, that's, that's what we're hoping for. We've, with the sale coming up for next year, we've got a, a couple from the, um, the Grace Robinson family for ourselves and also for a client. Uh, Alex Smith, uh, we've got a, um, a th actually three colts and uh, a filly out of the same from the same Grace Robinson family that we'll be taking. So um, yeah, you you need those results to come through, and and for the breeders, it's a wonderful opportunity for us to um, showcase our stock. You know, that's that's every breeder, and it's um it's very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned Grace Robinson. So Grace Robinson, daughter of Jazz Marilla. This has been a wonderful. Family and and Jasmine is basically the foundation mare in many ways for Absolutely. success, Dad. Because there's been so many great winners come from that line. 
Yes, yeah, there certainly has. And Jasmirella, um, many, many years ago, back in the 80s, she was a uh, two-year-old Australian filly of the... Uh, or horse of the year, actually, I think, two- and three-year-old, and then she was sold to the States. And uh, Mum and Dad had watched her race over there, and um, they... They actually waited until she was on her about a fifth, 49th start, a 48th start, and uh, they put a claim in on her, and they, they were able to claim her out of the States to bring her back home, and she was actually booked into no nukes. Um, you know, the, the breeders, the traditionalist breeders, will know all about no nukes, so she was booked into him, but uh, anyway, we shot her up to Monticello, and she, she raced. She won a 50th race, and then we brought her home. So um, she was a little bit difficult in the breeding barn. Um, we only got a couple of fillies out of her. Some of those we sold, you know, just to get some money back on the freight. And then uh, when she had her last filly, which was Grace Robinson, um, and I said to Dad when we brought her in, I said, no, we're not selling this filly. We're going to keep that. So that was that was the next start of it all. Yeah, great move. Oh, I was very, very lucky and I, and I think it was sort of, you know, that was a little bit, I looked at Dad and being the only daughter, I was able just to swing him there a little bit. But when <laughs> um, Mum and Dad were first looking at Jasmirella to buy, Dad said to Mum, well, we've got this money here, Mary, so you can either have a Mercedes or do you want, do you want to, well, buy this mare, broodmare. So I'm just lucky that Mum was the entrenched horsewoman that she is and, and we got <laughs> Jasmirella that started it all off. Well, it's a great story and it's been... Oh, yeah, and the, the breeding through, you know, it's just been, you know, after each generation and that's what those lovely, lovely bloodlines are. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you made a really good point. I only touched on this just recently, but the breed has evolved so much. You've only got to look at the, the style of racing that we now have here in Australia, whether it's for, for the juveniles or the Grand Circuit horses. It is so different to what it was 10, even 20 years ago. Oh, 100%. Chris, we can see it here, um, you know, year after year, that the style of horse has changed. We have more, we have more a, a refined animal that we have. We're, we're, sometimes people come in here and they can't tell whether they're standardbreds or thoroughbreds. You know, they've just refined down. They have beautiful heads. They're not as rangy. Their bone has changed. So, and I think that's because we're, we're breeding more for speed now. So the, the horse had to evolve and, you know, gone are the days of the big flat-boned, big heavy horses where we're more speedsters. Yeah, no doubt about that. Libby Lou is bred for speed. She's also by Sweet Lou, like I keep smiling, and she's out of a wonderful race mare in Liberty Bell Midfrew. She was a star on the racetrack. Libby Lou has inherited that ability because she's no slouch. No, no, she's certainly not. Uh, Libby Lou, um, she, she's a... Uh, she's a little bit firecrackery, the, the mare, as her mother was when she was racing. So it's just a case of con controlling the speed and, and controlling her mind, which is up to Blake. And again, she was started uh, by Mark Hewitt over at Grantful. And um, so it'd be interesting to see what, what um, how Libby goes with this one, with the pressure of racing. And Libby Lou would have actually been sold by us. Um, she got hurt on the truck going down to the healing sale and um, I wasn't able to, to sell her. Um, so that was how we ended up re retaining Libby because I thought, well, you know, I can't sell her to anybody. Is she going to make it? And um, so she has. So it's been one of, those, one of those good luck stories, I guess. 
Yeah, absolutely. You got the right man for the job with her as well if she's a little fiery. Blake Fitzpatrick, he's a very patient horseman. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And, um, you know, he's been trying different things and he and Lisa have been, you know, fantastic with Libby. And um, so we're, we're just seeing, you know, Blake tells me that um, he feels she'll be she'll be in better as a three-year-old. So that'll be exciting, you know, to, to go through... Um, go through that that again with him okay uh just looking overall super sunday this uh, big breeders challenge race day the success stud prints are all over this re uh, meeting because there's so many horses that have been bred by success stud or fold and reared at success stud so how many do you reckon in total have got that success stud uh, imprint going on them around on sunday uh, it's, um, it's very interesting. We we had a bit of a look there um, over the field, and I think there's there's probably seven that have been either you know sold through our draft that we would take or um, bred and raised by clients here on um, here on the farm. So that's something that um, the team here is incredibly proud of, and um, you know it's uh, it's a great thrill for us all. We're we're only a small team, but we become involved in in every horse that's that's here so it's um it, it's really a, a lovely a lovely lovely thing we've got um my ultimate ronnie that was uh bred and raised here for ronnie littler and um there's a, a couple of others in there uh Vinette, she was from here uh libby lou i keep smiling there's there's i think there's another couple there as well i just can't yeah. remember them right off my top of my hat now but um yeah it's um it's it's really exciting and so good for the breeders and um, and wonderful. Yeah, Black Onyx, Dance and Deliver, they're another couple that have certainly got yes. that success well, uh, brand I, on them. Oh, well, they've, um, one of those, that Dance and Deliver has actually got Mum's brand on it, the MG, that's uh, Missing Letters, which is a lovely family, goes back to um, Express Post and so on. And, uh, yeah, so that's um, that's exciting to see those through. And they, they're actually winners uh uh, dance and deliver he won his heat with um um young mitch uh will rickson, rickson? will yeah. rickson yes yeah. exactly yeah. exactly so yeah that's that's great to see and great to see those the young drivers you know winning heats as well yeah yeah no doubt about that it's a busy time because it's breeding season are you flat out right now yeah, we are. I've just taken off away from the office over at the scanning. Uh, we're vetting this morning. So um, just getting through that. And I've, I've left a few notes on the desk for them. So the vet's here. Uh, we had three foals born last night uh, and then another two the night before. And there's about 14 left to, to foal on farm at the moment. And we've got about 23 out there in the paddocks now. All right. And you know what? Before long, it's going to be yearling sales time, so you're going to be even busier. I know, I know. But it's, it's so <laughs> exciting. It's a, uh, it's, a, it's a really great thing, and we're so lucky that we have all these different seasons that, you know, we start with, we breed them, and then we wean them, and then we have, you know, foaling time and yearling sale time. So it's a, we've got all these different seasons of the year, and that's um that's really great it keeps you interested and 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 going along and and we love watching when the foals are born and you know you you watch them through and their personalities and it's uh, we're very very fortunate with what we do but and it's and it's a great thing that you know we go from our our foaling lady that watches through and sometimes she's here of a night when we're inseminating the mares to, to breed them so everybody has a has a part in raising these horses
Yeah, absolutely. You do a splendid job, no doubt about it. Best of luck with these two fillies. Your fillies on the weekend. Libby Lou and I keep smiling. Hopefully there's another Group 1 winner there for you. Thank you so much, Chris. It's, um, it, it's just great. We're, we're really excited and we're hoping to be there on the Sunday and the whole team will be, um, be there with, um, yeah, with bells on. So it, we, we really can't wait and I wish everybody else the, the, the best of luck and it's, um, it, it's going to be a great day and great for New South Wales to show off our industry and it's, um, we all should be very, very proud. Mercedes have lovely Before little seats, Jackie. Thank you. I was just saying, Mercedes-Benz have lovely leather seats. Yes, they do. They do. I know. I might. We might win enough when Mum and I could drive the Mercedes-Benz home. Hey, Jackie. Just before you go, one quick question just been fired in at me. Gerard's delight. Is she down there at Success Stud? She certainly is. She certainly is. Um, we're waiting for her to foal. Uh, we've got about another three weeks on her delivery date. But she uh, she okay. looks magnificent. It just um, that'll be very exciting when she foals. Yeah. In Polder, Captain Treacherous. It's a right stallion. What a, what a mare she was. Horse of the Year only a few seasons ago. Uh, she did a great job up here for Jack and Tara Butler. Jackie, oh, we'll talk she, soon. She certainly did. So, yeah, it'll be exciting when she falls. Thank you, Chris, and uh, we look forward to catching up with you again. Yeah, absolutely. There's Jackie Gibson joining us from Success Stud, Steve. They've been in the game for... I would venture to say probably five decades. Uh, as I said, the late John and and Mary Gibson uh, set up Success Start, and uh, Jackie's now running the show, and it's uh, it's just been a a great great place to to you know buy yourself a, a horse, and it's a well-bred horse that comes off Success Start, and they just keep doing the job, and they've got two very good fillies there, in particular with I Keep Smiling. She was massive last week. Three wide to the breeze, 49-9, only her ninth race start. So looking forward to that clash against Major Delight there on Sunday afternoon. Shane Graham's with us, Chris. Shane, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Chris. Uh, just going back to last weekend, uh, you went down to uh, Tassie. You were part of the Australian Drivers' Championship. Would I be right in saying that you could feel just a little short change because when that freak weather storm arrived, you were just about to hit your straps and just finish with a huge flurry. Would, would, would I be right in saying that? We can run with that. <laughs> okay. I don't know how the rest of the drives look, Chris. It, um, yeah, it's sort of... They, uh, on paper, might have looked to be a bit better, but you never know. OK. We just didn't have the horsepower to start with, but we had some good stuff to finish with, but the weather gods weren't on our side. No, that's right, that's right. It, um, yeah, it sort of rained quite heavy. It was more just the, the lightning and thunder and that. that uh, it was pretty aggressive. So um, it was pretty keen when they said, uh, send us off the track and uh, get back under shelter. OK, well, safety is paramount. Let's get back to business. This weekend, this Saturday night, the free-for-all, your guy starts here, turn it up, and he's drawn gate seven. Th this, in many ways, could be deemed to be a really important race. How do you sort of analyse it? Yeah, that's right. He, um, I've been real happy with his, his first two runs back since the carnival, um, both from bad draws, and he hit the line, especially last week, real well. So, um, look, he sort of... You know, I think just whereabouts where he is, and and he's, um, you know, he's going well. So yeah, we'll see how we go. 
All right. Well, given what's just around the corner, it is important that you have that winning form and you've got the confidence because we've got the, the Beagle Johnny Sprint. There's the Queensland Cup. And before long, ID23 is going to be right here on our doorstep. So at this early stage, do you plan on starting in both the Beagle Johnny Sprint and the Queensland Cup or is it just one over the other? Yeah, no, nah, look, we'll probably just um, we'll go this week and then uh, into the Queensland Cup and, you know, like we never really have backed him up sort of week to week and, you know, I don't know how he'll go going into the Inter-Dominion doing it, but um, I know he's sort of touch wood, he's as sound as ever at the moment and everything seems well, so we're sort of putting, going to put our eggs in one basket and just try and go in the Inter, but... Um, at this stage, you'll just race this week and then the Queensland Cup. OK. Just digging a little deeper then with the series, the four runs in the fortnight, it's taxing. There's no doubt about that. And this guy has had his fair share of issues along the way. But as you just said, it's probably the soundest he's been in a long time. You've been working with this guy for a long time now. So do you think he's ready? Do you think he's capable of handling four runs in a fortnight? Yeah, look, it's, um, it's probably... Uh... You know, like after the round, last round of heat, you know, to the final, that's probably not the biggest concern. It's just the three in the first week that's probably the concern. But he, um, look, touch wood, he's, you know, probably the last 12 months, he hasn't had any off days and, and he has probably been able to back up more regularly, but um, chose not to sort of do that just to prolong his career, you know. So, whether, whether it'll be too taxing for him, we won't know. But um, at this stage, I, I think he, he will be right backing up because, like I said, he, um, it's been a long time since he has pulled up sort of uh, average after a start. So um, touch wood, everything seems OK that way. We were just talking with Jackie Gibson from Success Start and she was outlining how the breed has changed so much in the last 10, 20 years. We breed for speed, we're more refined now. So that being said... And with this series fast approaching, ID23, the, the first round of heats is going to be over a mile. So is that a good thing? You, you get the mile one in first, or is it doesn't really matter given that, you know, they're likely to go at a really frantic tempo? Yeah, look, I'd probably um, understand, like, the, the mile, you know, works into the, the long-distance races, but uh, I'd probably, you know, prefer the mile be the last, last heat. Um, because I feel, uh, you know, a, a solid mile, you know, all these good horses up, they're probably going to break 150. So I feel that's, um, that's nearly as taxing as over the long-distance trips for them, just because of the high speed back and low. So, uh, yeah, I'd probably, you know, could be the other way around. I think it would be OK, but I can understand it being this way. Yeah, OK. Now, with this race on Saturday night, gate 7, 2,138 metres, uh, the plan, just a lead and win? Yeah, that's plan A, mate. It's, uh, that makes it simple and you don't have any worries there, so that's plan A. I tell you what, you picked the right week, though. Like, you don't have to run into Future Assured that we had two weeks ago, Black Sedan's last week, Leap to Fame's not around, nor is Hot and Treacherous, so you've, you've planned this to perfection. Yeah, we'll, we'll run with that. It, uh, it was well judged, but uh, yeah, I, I actually I thought um, I thought a couple of them might have been in there just sort of as a lead-up run into next week. But um, I suppose everyone's thinking on the, the same lines. The next two weeks are going to be hard runs, so run three solid runs in a way in a 
in a row, you know. So, um, mm. look, it's a it's a suitable race for him. And like I said, he's more than happy with how he's been going. And, yeah, he's, um, he seems to be as good as ever. So, um, yeah, there's no, no complaints from here. All right. As it stands, there's only one horse from Queensland that's been an Inter-Dominion champion. That was the greatest champion of all in Blacks of Faker, four times champion. So with this series on our doorstep, do we get another chance? Do, does the winner come from Queensland for ID23? Well, I, I, I think, you know, it's probably our, our best chance to to win it with um, since Blacks of Fake, you know. So um, you know, it, uh, I think it's... it's state you know but um yeah only time will tell okay is leap to fame still the horse to beat yeah i think so he's um you know like he's uh, he's been probably the run of the race in in every start he's been beat you know over this season so um yeah i'm pretty sure if you ask most trainers that'd be uh or drivers he'd be the horse they'd be wanting to drive Okay. Hey, uh, we've got heats of the peak of the creek coming up next Tuesday, so those fields are going to be out later today, and it looks like it's going to be quite a strong series. And you've got a key runner here, Mossdale Terry. He's had the two trials, the most recent Tuesday afternoon. He looked really sharp there on Tuesday. Do you rate this guy? Yeah, he, um, yeah, he sort of, his form was quite good without being outstanding in New Zealand, and um, we purchased him, and... You know, he's two trials we've been more than happy with. And, um, yeah, especially the other day, like, um, you know, obviously Pete's Philly was super, the two-year-old in it. Um, she went great. But um, this bloke, he's, you know, he's a typical betters and very casual, so he only does what he has to. And he um, he hit the line sort of quite nice and, and still sort of felt like he had a bit up his sleeve. So, yeah, it'll be, um, I'm sure it'll be a hard, hard race, which they always are, but... Um, yeah, he uh, hopefully draws well in the heats. Um, sort of being lowly assessed, and yeah, we get a good, 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 good draw and uh, make the final. All right, we'll, we'll watch with interest uh, once those fields come out later today. But Tuesday looks like it's going to be a strong series overall. Hey Shane, really appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside. No worries. Thanks, Chris. There's Shane Graham joining us. So Turn It Up is set to run a, a clear favourite. The fact that he's got that front row draw and he's got that explosive gate speed, uh, he just looks like he'll take that left-hand turn at the start and uh, he's there to take them all the way. So it's all important with these uh, feature races just around the corner. Be good, Johnny. Sprint Queensland Cup, that's the race Turn It Up's aiming at. And then the end of Dominion. So we'll see how he aims up over the next couple of weeks. A lot to look forward to there we've got a big night coming through from gloucester park over in the west tomorrow night 11 races and it's aaron bain race night along with summit bloodstock they're on board as far as the major sponsor is concerned tomorrow night and if you've got any interest in joining their team as far as getting on board with yearlings for next year you can even find out if you can get into their team as far as uh, racing some of their american stock that they've purchased just in the last month make sure you go to their website but maddie young joins us now maddie good morning Good morning to you, Chris. Uh, first and foremost, never ending. Am I right in saying he's going to have a little bit of a public uh, exhibition workout between races tomorrow night? He is indeed. Uh, the, hopefully have a video of that go up on social media, but he will have uh, the full works. Uh, the sectional board will be in operation as well as uh, discussions with Justin Prentice during the workout. Due to the scratching last week, he wasn't able to have a hit out this Friday night in a race due to the scratching penalties. So uh, he is been welcomed to Gloucester Park by uh, Mick Radley and the team and look it's, it's a really great initiative I think um, to 
to see a horse of his caliber be able to go around and just be able to build up and build that up that mystique around uh, the horse that is never ending before the WA Derby. We know Mr. Smarty was so impressive last week, but I think uh, it's a good promotional tool and uh, one that we can use going forward and uh, be able to people that are on track that haven't seen him before be able to see him get that sort of treatment. They'll start sort of familiarising him as being something special and something worth looking out for. So I like the, I like the idea and I think uh, done done properly and not overused, uh, we could really see positive, positive outcomes going forward. Yep, absolutely, totally agree there. Now, just on Mr Smarty, he was able to take that three-year-old feature, the race that never-ending was meant to uh, contest last week, but he came out. So does the uh, the landscape change for you or is never-ending still clear number one, Mr Smarty two, or did he sort of just sway you a little bit last week, Mr Smarty? Look, I think what I like most about Mr Smarty is we haven't really seen him fully extended and he's gone three from three at 2,500 metres, which never-ending hasn't raced at 2,500 metres. But um, I think it could be just a bit of a recency bias because we've seen him in his most recent run, uh, Mr Smarty, a lot of talks about him being able to topple Never Ending. Never is one of the best horses, best three-year-olds we've seen in WA for, well, in my generation, I feel. So um, I'm really excited for the contest. I think Mr Smarty would be favourite in any other year for the WA Derby pretty comfortably. But uh, this year he's got to, to try and topple one that could be very well one we talk about for decades to come. So... Really looking forward to the race. It's going to be mouthwater. And they're not the only two chances in the race as well. There's plenty of other very talented horses that are just behind those. Lusaka, Skylord was a better run last start, which they had issues with him. But Lusaka was outstanding in his performance. Rolling Fire has been very impressive on. The Black Flash has been beating older horses. So um, it's, it's a really fascinating race. And I think Never Ending deserves favouritism and uh, it'll be really great to see this battle but I, I am staying in Never Ending's corner. Okay, let's focus on tomorrow night. As I said, massive card, 11 races. One of the highlights is going to be race five, uh, the Aaron Bain Racing Summit Bloodstock JP Stratton Cup. So interesting horse here lining up is Loyalist coming over from Sydney. Uh, so how do you sort of gauge this guy tomorrow night in this field? Uh, it was sort of tough. It's a bit like the Nullarbor. He sort of has popped up out of nowhere and uh, he's now here and really looking forward to seeing what he can do. His form in the Eastern States has been good. He's been contesting uh, and, and not shying away from the challenges, Joe Connolly. So you've got to praise him for that. So love that he was willing to come over here to WA. He's got a nice draw. Diego's got good speed to his inside. So um, it's going to be a really interesting race. But hard to sort of weigh up where Loyalist is going to get to. If they're not too aggressive off the arm, they could get shuffled back, which could become... Uh, hazardous for them to be able to earn in this race. Magnificent Storm, fresh up since his uh, Eastern States campaign here in Brisbane. He's drawn the outside of the front row. What are you expecting from him tomorrow night? Well, I think with the pacing cup coming up, uh, they'll use this as a really good hit out. Um, not saying he can't win the race, but I think from Barrier 9 first up, they're not going to ruin a whole preparation for uh, this one run. So I think if the marbles fall into place, he, he becomes a strong winning chance. But at the same time, I can see him hitting the line, running a good fifth or sixth and being uh, fine-tuned, ready to go for the pacing cup in a few weeks' time.
All right. Uh, also, uh, Greg and Sky Bond, they've got a number of horses nom for ID 23 here in Brisbane, and they're keeping their cards fairly close to their chest. They're stating they want to get through the cup over here before they make some firm plans. So they've got a number of chances stepping out in this race tomorrow night. Uh, can they win it? They can do. I mean, still the show across Diego a few starts ago uh, when Diego drew one. That was at the 2,500-metre start, and I think... They balance up a lot easier over the 2100 and it's quite harder to get across from the middle row draws and if Loyalist gets involved then uh, Diego I think will be able to hold the top so uh, still the show I think is their best chance he locked wheels uh, in the uh, Brennan Memorial a few weeks ago and still hit the line really well Galactic Star looks tough for him Tenzing Bromac looks tough for him as well he's capable but the draw makes it really tricky Minstrel I just think uh, unless he leads he's sort of a cog below the absolute best here himself is a place chance off the back line draw and if Patron Star got a start and he was able to get that sniper's role, he becomes a place chance. But I think still the show is their best chance of being able to take out this feature race on Friday night and I, I guess if he does and he was able to compete well in a pacing cup then no doubt he'd be looking at heading off to the uh, into the minute. Okay. Uh, what's your best bet on the card tomorrow night? Uh, we're going a little bit later, so place the bet, go to sleep, wake up, money in the account. Race nine, number three, <laughs> infinite sign for Team Bond. Denny Roberts takes the drive. He over-raced on Monday's run prior was really good. This is a bit of a dropping grade for him. He's got good gauge speed. I think he'll run to the top, and uh, I think he'll just be able to control. So he looks the winner for me. Race uh, nine, number three, infinite sign. OK, so we put the bet on, go to sleep, wake up, money's in the account. That's simple. Yeah, very simple. <laughs> Sounds good to me. So race nine, yeah. number three, infinite sign. You, you struck last week. Yeah, sometimes I can. I, I'm not bad at the caper, but other days I wonder <laughs> why why I do it. <laughs> well, you put the pressure on yourself last week, and and you come up trump. So let's hope that good form continues. Race nine, number three, infinite sign. That's the play for Gloucester Park tomorrow night. Hey, Matty, as always, really appreciate the time. We'll chat again next week. Cheers, Chris. Thank you, mate.